this is Craig Tim. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're going to hear God's message, his inspirational encouragement on how we can be more bold. How can we stand up for him better? How we can get by and get rid of the vain imaginations, the doubts about his intentions for us. But I want to reassure you, his promises are the same today as they were yesterday and the same that they will be tomorrow for you. Read his word, soak in it, seek him out, listen to what he has to say to you. The title of today's message, Being Optimistic in a Pessimistic World. Now, do you have any idea how many books there are on self-help and positive thinking? Go ahead, think about that for a minute. So many that are out there. A hundred? Thousand? Five thousand? Seven thousand? I I don't know. I just have to be honest. I don't know either, but there are just way too many to count, and there's way too many that sound the same. And all these books that are out there to tell us about having a positive attitude. Ten ways to stay positive. Six ways to avoid negative feelings. How to see past the obstacles in your life. And the titles go on and on and on and on. I thought those were pretty good makeup titles. We should probably write a book about that. But that's another day. I want to begin today's message with what does the Bible say about pessimism, believe it or not. What does it say? We think of the Bible of how do we get to heaven? How do we get over our sin? How do we have eternal life with God? But to find out what it says about pessimism, well, it says plenty in there. Pessimism is the tendency to see the worst in things and expect the worst possible outcome. The woe is me, right? A pessimist is a person who sees the glass half empty. And he wants to tell everybody about it, too, and show you. Now, it's becoming increasingly easy to fall into this trap of pessimism from the enemy. He is so sneaky and subtle. The number of evil things in the world, it continues to increase tenfold every day. And as it does, you know, there are many people that just concede and say, uh, I guess that's just the way things are. We're going to have to get used to it, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Nothing better is going to happen here. Woe is me. But I want to tell you right now, the opposite of pessimism is hope. The Bible is the book of hope. The Lord is the God of all hope. From Genesis to Revelation, God weaves the theme of hope into the story of man's sin and the consequences of those sins. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Our faith is confidence assurance. That is hope. And it's founded upon the rock of our salvation with the Lord Jesus Christ. Biblical hope is a reality. It's not a feeling. And biblical hope carries no doubt. Biblical hope is a sure foundation upon which we base our livelihood, believing that God always keeps his promises, and he does. Hope, or confidence, assurance, faith here, can be ours when we trust his words. He says in John 6, 47, He who believes on me has everlasting life. 
And accepting that gift of eternal life means our hope is no longer filled with doubt, but it's rather the, the foundation of the whole Word of God, the entirety of God's character, the unfinished work of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, another way to think of pessimism is faithlessness. It is impossible to have faith while being pessimistic. Pessimists preview a future without God in it. Or maybe a God who doesn't care. But Jesus showed God's love and he offers a bright future. Titus 2.13 says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. But as we know, life is full of a lot of negatives. We live in a no-no world, a very negative world, a very pessimistic world. Just read the newspapers or watch the evening news. Read your social media. All you hear is, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Now someone once said, negatives belong in the dark room, not in the Christian's life. The ultimate result is that we fall prey to pessimism and we become so full of the negative side of the world that we fail to see the positive blessings that God has for us. We're scaled blinders on when we get so pessimistic in life. We miss it all. Listen to what Mark 7, 7 says here. Seek and you shall find. Yes, if you seek for the worst in everything, all the negatives, you're going to find it. But if you choose to seek for the best in everything, the positives, you'll find that too. Now the Bible is full of positives. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these such things. Whatever we put into our minds has a direct correlation to what comes out of our words, our desires, our actions. And Paul tells us here to train our mind to focus our thoughts that are positive and true, noble and right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent and praiseworthy. Focus our thoughts on those positives. If you fall into the enemy's trap of negative thinking and you begin to be pessimistic about life, examine what you're putting into your mind and replace those harmful thoughts with God's words and then pray. It's not enough, though, to read or just hear God's words. You must then put his teachings into practice. Only then will you be able to overcome the pessimism thoughts that you have. You have to battle that, overcome it, because you can. Now, one day, this lady came home with a beautiful brand new dress. And her husband was furious about her new purchase. And he said, you know we can't afford that. Why in the world would you go and buy something silly like that? And she said, well, the, the, the devil made me do it. And he said, well, why don't you just tell the devil, get behind me, Satan? Well, the wife replied, I did. He told me that it looked really good from the back there, too. 
Now, when you look at everything with a critical eye, you will always find plenty to criticize. You'll find what you're looking for. But if you look at everything seeking for the good, you'll find so much more to praise God for. Your attitude is so very important. You can talk yourself into anything. Failure, misery, depression, and worry, just to name a few. There are many, many more. Or, instead of that, you can talk yourself into trust and love and joy and hope. Just like the young boy who had this wonderful positive attitude when he was out playing in the yard by himself. And mom and dad just happened to be watching. He was out there by himself in the backyard and he was safe and everything, but they were just watching and listening to him as he's as he's playing. And they heard him say, I am the greatest batter in the whole world. He threw that ball up into the air and he took a mighty swing. <sighs> Missed. Strike one, he yells. And he said it again with more authority and more oomph this time. I'm the greatest batter in the whole world. He threw that ball up. He took another mighty swing. And this time, he missed again. Strike two. He repeated himself for the third time about being the greatest batter in the world. Threw that ball up. He swung. And he missed again. Strike three, he says. He paused shaking his head, looking down, failure at batting. Just could not believe it. But this little guy, he was unwilling to let the enemy defeat him. He quickly changed his pessimism to an excited optimism. And he yelled out, Wow, look at me! I'm the greatest pitcher in the whole world! Now if we could only be like this little guy when the world tries to take us down and out, and we just stand there and yell, wow, I'm the best at, and then now you fill in the blank. You're the best at what? Put whatever it in there that you need to put in that you want to put in. You are the best at it because God says you're the best at it. And he will take you through that. Even when you have doubts, he will help you overcome those. Now the Apostle Paul, he has just got to be one of those positive people that ever lived, if you think about it. Even though he, he went through some of the worst troubles anyone could face. He was beaten many times, to matter of fact. He was imprisoned a number of times. He was run out of many towns. He was hated, and he feared for his life on many occasions. But the question is, what was his attitude during this? Second Corinthians 12.10 that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 16-17, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentarily troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since that, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Romans 8, 
That's a chapter on living life through the Spirit. Verse 1 says here, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Verse 5 goes on to say, The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And 16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. When we are strong in our own abilities and resources, you know, we are tempted to do God's work on our own, aren't we? And when we are feeling weak and thinking about giving up and quitting, we should just remember how Paul overcame his circumstances. And then we should try to emulate what he did. Concentrate on experience that inner strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. And let him, God Almighty, Fill you with his power to be stronger than you could ever be on your own. God doesn't intend for you to feel weak or ineffective or pessimistic about life. We, we can do that ourselves all the time. But when those events try to take you down and your pain feels unbearable, we must depend on God. For he is good and faithful and his glory is always greater. His power and strength are what we need to be effective for Him. Receive it from Him by meditating on His Word and His promises each day. Now, Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. He told about the work the Spirit would perform in our lives. The Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our teacher. He convicts us of sin and righteousness. He directs us to a closer walk with Jesus and helps us glorify God with our lives. And he gives us power to live holy, to witness and do what God has called us to do. The Holy Spirit does all these things, but only if we let him. He will not force his way into your life. He waits for an invitation. Ask God today to fill you with that Holy Spirit so that you too can use the gifts he has given you and allow you to help build up others and glorify the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through or how pessimistic you might be feeling about life. Just remember that even when all hope seems to be lost, Jesus is your hope and he's all the hope you will ever need. I want to close today with this scripture to encourage you in standing strong for the Lord and remain optimistic in this pessimistic world we live in. Romans 15, 13, and it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.